0: Rhino, say it ain't so, but I think there's a chance there might be a deal pending. What do you think?
1: Oh, Chad, just give me baseball. I don't care in what form it's in. Can they just please kiss and make up so they can finally just get back on the field? I miss sports so much. I'm running out of things to watch.
0: I, I am right with you, big guy. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the, the, the latest in the negotiations. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, a, a little bit lackluster, not a super exciting documentary about Sammy and, and Mark that I thought was going to hold me over for baseball for another month, but it obviously didn't. We're going to be talking about the Cubs' latest draft and much more.
1: Yeah, and we also have a big birthday for a Cubs legend, plus Mark Gonzalez from the Chicago Tribune, the writer for the Chicago Cubs, breaks down that documentary. And, of course, the latest doings in Major League Baseball. So stick around, because the Friendly Confine starts right now. First inning now, Chad, and it appears that Major League Baseball finally may have a deal in place. We're still waiting patiently, but uh, MLB sent a 60-game offer to the players as uh, the labor unions met with the owners to try and figure out if they could come to a deal, so to speak. Nothing done yet as of this recording. Uh, It appears that Rob Manfred, and executive director of the MLB PA, Tony Clark, have met to discuss this latest offer. One of the things that is very interesting in this offer, Chad, is the fact that the National League would have a designated hitter. Um, It would be 60 games in 70 days, and it would be an expanded playoffs. Um, It would be a very interesting season, to say the least. Um, I guess at this point, something is better than nothing. Uh, I just want there to be some semblance of baseball. I, I mean, I've resigned to the fact that this is not going to be a normal year. So I'll take whatever I can get at this point. It doesn't have to be this perfect scenario of a hundred games or 82 games or whatever it may be. Just play games. Yeah. So people can watch sports again. Um, that's what i want to see so at this point i honestly don't care and nor do i have an opinion really of whatever it is that's in this deal just play baseball that that's where i stand at this point right now
0: yeah and and you're right yeah the the dh would be uh an interesting wrinkle and, and there's discussion this this would just be uh a precursor to the DH becoming universally in, uh, adopted in, in both leagues going forward, we can talk about a whole inning on that in, in another podcast. But uh, it, the the DH isn't going to bother me this year. It's going to be interesting as if they do start to play on July sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, whatever the the target date is. You know what that will feel like in the historic stadiums. You know without any crowd noises. You know how they'll how how that'll play on TV. I know we just want to see. Um, the action and how much is the crowd play into that. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see, but the expanded playoffs um, probably, you know, expanding next year as well, because that's how they're going to make up some of the, the dollars Um, at this point, you know, everybody just needs to realize that um, whatever you think you've thought about this, these negotiations, it's, this is a labor negotiations. This is about lots of money for both sides. And um, I, you know, I think the players want to ensure safety, right? that they're covered for service time and all those other issues and salary and they're they're compensated the owners want to make sure they're not losing a, a ton of money um if that is the case without the crowds with everything um i, I just welcome it if we if we could if we could have some sort of baseball um my worry as i've shared with you before is is uh you know what happens if if it is not a safe bubble environment um and, and things go wrong but you know it's it's a positive and it's a step in the right direction um and we should have a deal very soon
1: Second inning now, Chad and Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, has taken a lot of heat these last few days. He was on ESPN the other night, uh, certainly uh, didn't look like he was very confident in getting a season done. I think that was just posturing more than anything else when he said he he didn't know if there was going to be a Major League Baseball season. But um, a lot of people, uh, of course, you know, Twitter, the, uh, you know, vocal minority sometimes, uh, (laughs) loves to you know, make, uh, you know, huge deals out of things that maybe uh, aren't as big as what people think they are. But the commissioners in any any league, whether it's the NHL, the NFL, the NBA or Major League Baseball, they are always a lightning rod for, uh, you know, having that sort of backlash and having that target on their back for people to really go after. So it's no different in this spot. Um, I mean, I find it hilarious that people are, you know, saying that you know Bud Seelig was such an amazing commissioner. <laughs> and I mean, I remember revisionist history. You, yeah, revisionist <laughs> history. How much people couldn't stand Bud Seelig. and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, Bud was only the commissioner. Like, what are you talking about? So. Yeah um listen i understand that there's a lot of distrust going on between the the players association and the owners and the commissioner right now to try and get a deal done but at the end of the day i personally like rob manfred i don't think all this hate is is necessary nor do i think it's warranted um the man has a job to do and he represents the owners and i understand that at the end of the day, people just want to see billionaires and millionaires, you know, get off their high horse and play sports because the rest of us who don't make anywhere near that kind of money are, are facing and suffering the consequences of yeah. not being able to watch their teams play. But look, baseball's a business and it's a big business. And, you know, Rob Manfred has got to do what is in the best interest of not just baseball, but of the owners, because they're the ones that run these franchises. And if he doesn't do that, he's going to find himself out of a job. So I'm going to take the other stance and say, I don't necessarily believe that what Rob Manfred has been getting, at least on social media, has necessarily been warranted. I personally think he's doing what he is supposed to be doing, and that is to make the best deal for baseball and the owners.
0: I'm I'm I can't believe what I'm hearing. I mean, it's it's a Rob Manfred uh, apologist, by my co-host Ryan Lever. I I I, right? I mean, come on, man. You know, it's it's an unenviable position. I mean, you are the mouthpiece. You're the face. You are you're the face of an entire sport, and you're the mouthpiece of uh of billion multi billionaire owners. I mean, that's your job is to represent their. Um, You know, in in, in a sense, it's it's the good of the game, the future of the game, but it's it's everything to benefit the owners in the current situation. So, yeah, he is he is in a situation where uh, he is not making any friends. Um, and I think it's, it's just kind of funny nowadays. If you think it's, it's everybody's kind of, all the commissioners kind of morphed into Vince McMahon. If you really think about it, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Gary Bettman at the NHL, uh, draft, I mean, he gets the second when he presents the Stanley cup, no matter where he presents it, it doesn't matter the town he gets booed. Um, when Goodell walks up there, um, to, uh, to, you know, to do the draft picks they they boo heartily. you know, so, so, you know, Manfred is kind of and yeah, I think except Adam I like Silver. When, I like Adam when the, commissioners... Silver is the
1: only one that does not yeah, get exactly. ripped. He has. And, and, and that's credit to Adam Silver. And I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here and talk about something else. But just <laughs> saying the fact that for whatever reason, the NBA has always had a much better relationship with their commissioners, starting with yeah. Stern and um, than the NFL does or Major League Baseball does. I, I mean, the, the, in- he,
0: here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you talked about Tony Clark. Most baseball fans are aware of Tony Clark, but they don't really think about him in the negotiations. They think about the commissioner, and then they think about their favorite players, right? They So so it's just it's a tough position to think that you're pitted up against Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Like, how are you going to win that battle? But you know what? What I think he would appreciate, and I know he's probably going to be a longtime listener of the show, he's got Ryan Lieber's vote. You know, Anthony Rizzo does not. Mm-hmm. Chris Bryant you're all in for Manfred I love that
1: yeah I mean again I I I think that look (laughs) at the end of the day you know you're still defending him I love this you gotta make tough decisions and to be the boss sometimes is not a popular thing to do this is
0: this is a this is a bad take my friend you are you are all in on. on well no no no.
1: it's not that it's a bad take it's an unpopular
0: take that's the difference it's, it's
1: okay. a good take, All but right. an unpopular take. Okay.
0: Well, wow, I mean, way to take a stand, my friend. I like it. It's getting bold. Getting let's, bold. Take it. Be,
1: be bold. Let's move on to the third <laughs> let's inning, Chad. <laughs> and uh, before uh, maybe any more tomatoes fly my way, so uh, Chad, the you know the question has to be asked. Of course, uh, if and when baseball does, you know, get on the same uh, you know line when it comes to a deal, um, and they do start to play games what does that protective bubble sort of look like? And what happens if a player tests positive for Um, COVID-19? You know, we don't know. And I don't think baseball has laid out that plan yet because they don't have a deal in place. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, if a player tests positive for COVID-19, it would be treated as if they were on the DL, right? Or the IR. It would just be... They would not be available for at least 14 to 21 to maybe 30 days before they, you know, get well, um, self-isolate, quarantine and come back and have a test. And they are, you know, symptom free. Um, But then you run into the situation. Well, what if more players test on your team? What if you have 10 guys on the team? What are you you're going to start calling up guys from like the minors who are under contract, even though there's no minor league baseball right now, like the, the rosters, it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with that, how they're going to get other players to replace guys that are going to test COVID for, for COVID because we know that's going to happen. Like there are going to be players that are going to get COVID throughout the season in every sport not just baseball. So I'm curious to see what that will look like. If that does take place.
0: I have been saying this, you know, this from the very beginning, from the very beginning of the season being put on hold, I've been sharing. I, I am. So I can't picture how they play because of what you just laid out. And the challenges is, is, yeah. So this, your second, so Javi Baez was the shortstop goes down and is, 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 is tested positive. Well, Technically, I mean, if it's anything like it happens in the real world, then everybody he was in contact is supposed to self-quarantine awaiting the results of their test. I mean, the Korean Baseball League that's going on right now is all based upon very strict rules. And if if anybody tests positive, the whole league shuts down. So they have that hanging over their head. The NBA just put out a, a hundred, hundred or so page rule guideline book with its its own uh, anonymous um a uh, hotline that people could call in if people are doing things that are unsafe, but there, I mean, what the NBA is going to be doing is, is creating this bubble inside of Disney world where nobody can come in and nobody can go out. I mean, they're going to have DJs and barbers and all these chefs like on demand for the, the five, six weeks. Baseball is not thinking about doing that. Baseball is going to be getting on planes, going from city to city, going to different, different hotels. And so, yeah, if, if Javi Baez goes down technically, um, other teammates would have to self-quarantine awaiting the results of their tests. So uh, I, I, it's, it's still a huge concern to mine. That's what I've I've always been saying is people say, get back to playing. You know, it's not like the other leagues are rushing back to get back to play. So with, with all the delays we've had right now, it's a really challenging time and health and safety, does matter and these these players at the back of their mind you know they nobody wants to get sick with this nobody wants to come down with this um as healthy as it, it is nobody would just say okay let me have it so get it out of the way and and i think baseball is it's a tricky situation and i think it's going to be a huge story and and my worst case scenario i shared with you before what if the yankees have to go down right what if the cubs are just like oh we're out of the league right now like what if teams just just are no longer a part of the season because too many people in an outbreak happen. That's it's, 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 this is so uncertain times. Um, and it's just bewildering to me that we're in this situation.
1: Yeah, it, it's very true. Um, which is why I, actually was on board with the florida arizona idea where you know they they could control
0: it they could control the environment exactly
1: where they're playing in the spring training facilities maybe you play in like marlin stadium or tampa for you know the florida teams you play in arizona you have the spring training facilities in arizona i i understand the difficulty in arizona uh, and in florida to an extent because uh it is very hot but you would just have to play night games i mean that's yeah. basically what it would boil down to i mean yeah. during the day it's yes it's over 100 degrees in arizona every day um you would have to just play night games i mean that's really what it would boil down well, to and, and just but, to there, the, but there's
0: not enough but there's just not enough stadiums to play all night games and have everybody involved i mean the, right. the logistics of it is such a challenge the nba could be like tournament ball at all times you could actually stack three games a day and just have unlimited programming, but this is different and it's a concern. I, and I, and I, I do, I do worry about, I worry about your health and safety, right? But our listeners health and safety, I know others, May not have that same concern. I do, um, and I think that, that it, we're gonna we're gonna see the ramifications of that, and and uh, mistakes that could be made, or or uh, you know, or or unknowns. Not even sure how somebody would get infected, but we're gonna see what happens. All right, let's
1: move on to the fourth inning chat. And uh, of course, this past weekend, ESPN aired the thirty for thirty documentary "Long Gone Summer" uh, about the '98 season and home run chase between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Um, I did watch it. I am sure you did, too. Um, I got to be honest. I was not impressed by it. Not at all. did not think it was very good. I think it was rushed. Uh, There were a lot of things in there that just didn't shed any light on anything whatsoever. Um, There was nothing new that was really uncovered that I was like, oh, wow, that is something I did not know. Um, Nobody said anything that was of any sort of like hardcore, newsworthy interest. And at the end of the day, you know, this was really and, and I understand the director was like a Cardinals fan and he was from St. Louis or at yeah. least near St. Louis. It had that sense, um, yeah. The Cubs kind of played like a, you know, a supporting role in this. You know, it was really about Maguire and oh, by the way, like so-so was there kind of around as well. Um, you know, Sammy was interviewed. There wasn't really a lot of Sammy in the documentary. It was mostly Maguire and other teammates i was also surprised by the people that were interviewed in the documentary there were a lot of people that i felt like were omitted that i thought maybe it would be nice to have them involved in the doc and say oh well why wouldn't that person have been interviewed or this person you know like it was just very strange the selection it it really seemed like espn rush ordered this documentary and said you got to put it together you got to slap together what you have and just make it work um but yeah like it, it was two hours of just me kind of reliving nostalgia from you know over 20 years ago but nothing groundbreaking that i took away from it what about you
0: it, I completely underwhelmed um it was it was paint by numbers you know it, it was it when I was watching it, I kept like, I, I was, I kept like going, going to find out like who the team was behind it. And it just felt like it, it felt like something you and I would have put together in college. It really, it didn't have that quality of like filmmaking, you know, you, we, we came off the, the, the incredible 10 parter with, 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 uh, with the last dance on Georgia, on the bulls, you know, we, we just had the, um, the one, you know, uh, just un, under un, really, really going to deep dive on, on doping within, within cycling with Arm- Lance Armstrong, This, as you said, just it 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 was cardinal heavy, which is fine. I mean, but it's not like, you know, McGuire comes out of this thing like, you know, more more uh, mythical or anything like that. Um, It just it just didn't have. Here's the thing. You know, we talked about this last week. I I was lucky enough to see a a couple of the games. I saw I saw, you know, like I was there that Monday, Labor Day, you know, McGuire. Um, Hits that laser beam that was out in half a second. But like the batting practice that day, the batting practice between Sammy and Mark separately was more exciting than this documentary. So how can a batting practice, you know, in 1998, that I remember, you know, catches me more emotionally. So I, I just felt like, uh, you know, it just didn't have the emotion that I was expecting, didn't have any of the, the tension, the excitement. It didn't show really what it felt like. And then there were some really sloppy things in there, Ryan, that made no sense to me. Like they were showing scenes of crowds from right. the 2016 season right. and labeling them 1998. Yeah. Why in the
1: hell did that happen?
0: I mean, I mean, I am bewildered. I, I remember like watching you and I watch. It's funny. People that are, were in the business and edited pieces together, we, lo- we look at videos a little bit differently than, than the public. Like that, so you may not have noticed the Chris Bryant jersey in the third row. You may not have zeroed in on, like I mean, the the scoreboard. I mean, you may not. You've just like looked at it and gone on through. But I just, how did that? How did they allow that to happen? That to me was embarrassing. Um, you know, and so I, it's here's the thing. I was looking forward to that the moment I saw it teased. I think on Super Bowl Sunday, I think they teased it. And I will never watch it again. It's just one of those things. I'll never, I'll never, if it's on again, I I won't even have it as background noise. It was just, it was so boring to me.
1: All right. So we've said enough about that. Let's move on to the uh, fifth inning now. And the doc, Chad, uh, a lot of chatter, obviously, leading up to this documentary. And we spoke about it on our last episode about should the Cubs welcome back Sammy Sosa. Um, Do you feel like after watching the documentary that this potentially helped? Sammy, getting back to the Cubs as far as a day for him or having his number retired, or do you think it hindered? Uh, I personally don't feel like it did either or. Uh, His stance didn't change. He basically has remained steadfast in not answering the questions about doing steroids. Um, He gave kind of like a non-answer and basically said that, you know, there are four or five guys in the hall of fame that did steroids. Why are people like pointing the finger at me? Um, And look, like we both agree that there is a little bit of a double standard in the sense that, you know, I understand McGuire admitted that he did steroids and, but, but he get he is also like welcomed back with open arms to the Cardinals organization. He was like a hitting coach for the Dodgers and the Cardinals He hitting coach for the Padres at one point. Like, There's there's all these things that McGuire has been allowed to do. And if you take it a step further, uh, Barry Bonds has been obviously like just never has been shunned by the San Francisco Giants organization. They still welcome him back in open arms and he's beloved in that city. So I do find it a little silly. It's like, look, 16 years has passed already. It's time to maybe just let bygones be bygones and just do your thing. I don't know, though. I really think the Cubs have kind of dug their heels in. Sammy's kind of like at a point in his life where he's just decided that this is the stance I'm going to take. I'm not going to admit fault. So you either accept me for who I am or that's the end of it. And I think at some point you just got to say, okay, just allow this to just be your thing. You don't have to have him like, be back in the organization forever or have them be, you know, a part of the organization long-term, but to have them there for a day to like welcome him back after everything he had done for that team. I think that's the least you can do. But again, I don't think the documentary changed my stance one way or another.
0: You you know, your, your original question was, you know, did the doc, do you think it, it, it has helped the cause. Right. And, and, and I think unequivocally I, I believe yes. And here's why. Um, there's been a lot of polls, you know, a lot of discussions. Um, he's, he's, he, you know, any see truly it is. And, and when you look at those polls, you, you see a lot of very strong stance of like never, ever walked out on the team, All, which is funny because are you a Ryan Sandberg fan? Cause that guy quit mid season. I mean, so these things happen. Um, we don't always know the dynamics of somebody leaving a game, you know, on the last day of the year. I, I didn't take that personally you know the season was over they weren't going to make the playoffs and 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 uh it it so I, I'm really not offended by that but other people's are and that's fine um i just think he's back in the news he's back out there um you know the rickets are absolutely you know there there are there are surveys being done in behind the scenes about would that be a positive for the Rickets or a negative for the Rickets? Would that be good for the Cubs and ticket sales, bad for the Cubs ticket sales? I don't think we're going to see something right now with everything going on, but I will guarantee you that Sammy's going to be back in the fold the next five years in some way, shape or form. Um, he is going to need a better PR person just to say the right things and probably do it in an explosive 60 minutes thing or, a, or you know, or a 30 for 30, you know, an actual one. Um, but, uh, I, th- I think I do think the way he has, was received in Chicago media picked up on and, and the run-up for all this, he was all over the media. Um, I think it just gives him an opportunity to, to make the way chart a course forward where he ends up back in the good graces of the Cubs. And there are a lot of fans like me that wants to see that. Um, and there's a lot of fans on the other side that are just going to be sad and upset about, um, his, his inclusion, um, just my thought on this is is really take an assessment of why you have this anger and then go back to that crappy documentary last Sunday and look at Wrigley Field more packed and Waveland A- Avenue more packed and Sheffield more packed than it was potentially
1: during the flipping World Series all because of Sammy Sosa. All right, so let us move on now to the sixth inning where maybe the future Sammy Sosa was drafted by the Cubs uh earlier last week with the mlb draft a lot of changes to the draft it was only five rounds um the cubs selected four players headlined by ed howard shortstop picked number 16 in the draft he's a chicago native and uh, a lot of people were excited about this pick he's a grew up um i believe as a white Sox fan but he is uh excited nonetheless to be a Uh, member of the Cubs organization. In fact, I think they found a photo of him when either when he was in little league or high school, and he had met, uh, was it Javi? I want to say. On the no, part? no, no, no. You're you're messing up the story.
0: This was oh, after yeah. they did the after they won the national championship, the U.S. title for the little league world series. And yes, it was tainted. There was issues. The coaches brought in the wrong players. Anyway, that's not on Ed. Um, but he they they went on to lose the the world champion, the actual little league world series. And so they had him come. Oh, um, right. they had him that's come, nice. and he got to meet the shortstop at this time, which was. Starling Castro and And that was pretty neat and and Theo actually talked um at a presentation there and Theo actually said I'm going to see all you guys in the draft come uh 2023 so so Ed jumped the jumped the line a little bit I love this pickup I love the fact that he's a Southside kid. And he's, he he grew up as a Sox fan. That's how it should be. I'm cool with that. Um, and I love the story. I mean, here's a guy. You don't you always wonder what happened to these little league kids. A few of them make it through, um, but he's actually this guy that you know is is one of the at his position the best best prospect at his position, which is pretty exciting. Now the Cubs actually picked up five guys. I think you had said four. The 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 number two guy is really intriguing. I don't know. I mean, Ryan, here's a guy who's about my size and i'm not a big guy and he's he's been clocked at 1405 miles an hour i mean if that doesn't make you a little excited um to know that, that they're going after some of these these uh more of these specimens you know just to see what what can happen so i mean imagine a guy like that a homegrown talent that could actually uh you know lead off your bullpen and that's i believe it's uh burl carraway and and i was gonna say i believe i think it's uh dallas baptist so he was a he was a, a college kid, and then the intriguing upside guy is is the outfielder for Michigan, um, who doesn't definitely played center field for Michigan. You know, he they see him as the, the guy with the most pure power. And then after that, a couple a uh, couple pitchers, a lefty and a righty, um, both uh, I think uh, one college kid and one high school kid. So uh, Kian Moreno in the fifth round, Luke Little in the fourth round, and then Jordan Nogan from Michigan in the third round. So I mean, I, I when I look at this this, I give them a solid B. Um, you know, when you're pitch, p- uh, picking mid round, um, you, you, you do the best you can because the, the best, best, best guys uh, um, aren't always available. But um, I'm really excited about the, 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 the pickup of, of Ed Howard. Tremendous uh, character on that guy. Um, I loved everything I've seen, all the interviews on him. He, um, he's an exciting opportunity, exciting prospect to watch.
1: Uh, Luke Little, 6'8, 225 pounds, their fourth round pick. Uh, and then you mentioned. Uh, Burl Carraway, who's got such a great name at Dallas Baptist. Uh, I didn't know if you knew this or not. I'm assuming you did. Uh, Dallas Baptist is in the Missouri Valley Conference baseball, uh, conference, and they are basically the best team year in and year out. In I've Missouri never, Valley. I,
0: why did I not know that they played in the Salukis League? That's, I didn't know that. They so, yeah, I gotta, I gotta listen to more Mike Reese.
1: Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And we have a great guest for you today. Longtime beat writer for the Chicago Cubs from the Chicago Tribune. It's Mark Gonzalez. You can find Mark on Twitter at MDGonzalez. And he is kind enough to give us a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines. Mark, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, I'm glad we're finally able to connect. (laughs) I know. This is like at least a year and change in the making. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. It really is uh, great to have you on. So let's start, Mark, with the documentary about ESPN, the 30 for 30. Um, can you give me your initial impressions from watching it the other night and, and what you thought of it?
2: Yeah, I, I just thought it was tilted too much toward McGuire because I think one thing that's always been left out, you know, regardless of what you think about Sammy is that Sammy became a really complete player in 1998, not just the home runs, but uh, becoming a better hitter, better defender. He was the MVP, and I think that that was lost in the translation.
1: Yeah, he really was. That's very true. I was surprised by that as well. You make a great point. Did you think, though, were you happy with the way that they talked to Sammy about everything going on? Did you feel like you were expecting more from Sammy to maybe be more forthcoming, or were you kind of like, no, nah, this is basically how he's always been, and this is what it's going to be moving forward?
2: I expected a little more, but... At the same time, um, this is this is the Sammy everybody is uh, identified with. You know, guy that um, happy guy, always identified with his his uh, achievements. Uh, I wish he would have incorporated more guys. Jeff Pentland, the hitting coach, is one guy that comes to mind. But uh, this is Sammy's stage, and I think after all the years we haven't heard from him, uh, this was his time to speak, and I think he he conveyed himself the way he thought he should be conveyed. Mark Gonzalez is
1: our guest here on the seventh inning stretch. He is the uh, longtime beat writer for the Cubs for the Chicago Tribune, joining us here for a few minutes to talking about the documentary. And of course, we'll catch up with him about what's happening in baseball as well. Um, Mark, are you in the camp? I guess where do you stand right now? There's obviously been a lot of chatter around the documentary about, is it time for the Cubs to finally welcome Sammy back to retire his number? Uh, It's been 16 years since he last played for the team. Where do you stand on that? And what's your opinion of, of what the Cubs should do with Sammy Sosa?
2: Well, I I think he should come back, but I still think there has to be some uh, fessing up or at least uh, some clarity on what went on those days. I don't blame Tom Rickards uh, for taking that stance. You know, I don't agree with everything Tom and the family do, but in this case, I, I really think that they, they should put their foot down and say, Sammy, come on. Uh, what happened, uh, you know, we can always move on, you know, St. Louis, uh, always embraced Mark McGuire, even though he did confess later to using PEDs, uh, they welcome him back. And I think that Sammy, uh, would take a big step forward by doing this. But I think in in the eyes of people outside Chicago, you know, I, I I grew up in the Bay area. I kind of was like a little baffled at the way they accepted Barry bonds, even after the Balco scandal, um, I, I, I see a similarity here uh, with Sammy and the Cubs. And I, I just hope that there, there's some mending, mending of, you know, healing of the wounds and that at some point he comes back to the organization. But I don't blame the Ricketts family for for taking a stand.
1: Do you think Sammy looks at the situation kind of what you were just alluding to the sense that, look mcguire's been welcomed back to the cardinals organization he's he's in baseball he's been a hitting coach at you know the padres organization dodgers the cardinals for a period of time you mentioned the bond situation it seems like the giants have always been happy to have bonds around the organization do you think kind of sammy looks at those two situations and says well, why are you allowing them to be a part of baseball but, and, and the organizations that they played with, but I can't be a part of the Cubs? And he's just kind of like, look, I'm going to stand my ground at this point because they are doing the same thing.
2: No doubt. And I, I'll even take that one step further. I thought it was very interesting that he said there were four or five guys in the Hall of Fame that he insinuated used the PEDs. And I, I thought even though Sammy has kind of said he's happy, he's happy, that Hall of Fame uh, omission lingers in his mind. And I think the fact that he brought that up, it wasn't somebody poking around. He brought it up just shows uh, how much he dearly would love to be embraced even more, especially in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mark Gonzalez is our guest. He's the longtime beat writer for the Chicago Cubs at the Chicago Tribune. You can find him on Twitter at MD Gonzalez. Make sure to follow him there. He's a great uh, follow there to uh take on on social media so mark let's kind of shift gears a little bit um (laughs) i know you're probably just like everybody else waiting to see what happens with the 2020 season uh so many questions but the owners and the players going back and forth the latest proposal basically the players did not counter they're they're kind of at a point now where they're just going to try and say give us what you want us to do and we will do what you want us to do at this point to put the pressure back on the owners. I guess, what do you initially make of what has been going on with the proposals uh, when it comes to the 2020 Major League Baseball season?
2: I, I kind of saw it as, as just a two and a half months of, of frustration. Uh, you know, the, this just goes to show how much distrust there is between uh, the players and the owners, especially from the players' point of view. And this does not bode well for negotiations heading into the next collective bargaining agreement, uh, which ex- I think the current one expires after the 2021 20, season. And as as Cub fans know, there's a lot on the table already with, you know, the uncertain features of Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and, and Kyle Schwarber to name four. I mean, this is uh, going to be a really uh, – <clears throat> big deals in terms of not only the future of the Cubs, but a lot of major league teams, but getting back to, uh, what's going on now, it's just been very, very frustrating. I think most of all of the fans and don't forget the people, the stadium workers, the ones who depend on that income. I mean, they're going to get shortchanged anyway with no fans in the stands, but I think people are looking for relief and baseball provides that during the summer and to have the both sides bickering, uh, especially on account of lack of trust, uh, Really uh, heightens the frustration. I won't say it's reached the zenith yet because I still think that's the, that's to come next summer. But um, this does not look good at all. I mean, if you had to, to guess right now and, and
1: just spitball it, do you think we even see a season at this point?
2: I do, but there'll be plenty of litigation, especially on the side, Excuse me, on the side of the players wanting to play more games and. They'll they probably file lawsuits saying that they were deprived of playing more more games because of the uh Major League Baseball only wants to play 48 or 50. I, I'd like to see that increased at this point. You know, hopefully at least 72. My my wish was 82, but that's not going to happen given the the time frame what's left right now. But I, I think that the uh, players' association will pursue a lawsuit saying they were deprived of playing more games and the fans were deprived of well uh, of watching those
1: games unbelievable Mark Gonzalez is our guest of course you can find his work in the Chicago Tribune longtime beat writer for the Chicago Cubs um are are we seeing I mean especially when we know how long it took for baseball to and and obviously it was discussed in the documentary from ESPN about the 94 strike and then the 95 lockout how long it took baseball to get kind of back on track and some would even argue it It still hasn't gotten back on track necessarily. If we don't see or at least see a, a season that is going to be a, a short season and then the potential of not seeing any baseball or at least not for a while next year, how detrimental
2: is that going to be for, for the sport of baseball? It might be the most detrimental thing we've ever seen. And I say that because of, we have a lot of young stars in the game and people want to see those guys perform. Um, we're coming off a pretty fantastic World Series in which the, the Nationals beat the Astros, and then we all know about the sign-stealing. It was kind of one that just as prevailed to a certain extent because the allegations or the findings of the Astros cheating go back a few years, <clears throat> but there was a healing process in that. And then spring training, we saw where we were getting back to baseball and, and kind of slowly distancing ourselves from all the sign-stealing stuff, and then this happens. So what's going to happen is if we even – resurrect baseball a lot of this stuff's going to come back in a negative way you already have the bitterness between the players and the owners so if we don't play then people are just going to throw, throw up their hands and say well, why should we even watch the sport I mean it's, sure. it's, it's, it's lost its stature among the other pro sports because uh, you know football is still king the NBA already played you know what three quarters of their season and it looks like they're going to try to finish off uh, their season and and then you have hockey, which also had had a lot of uh games, probably three fourths as well. And then you have baseball just stagnated. Then on top of that, you have a lot of, of players, you know, we already have the debacle with players not getting paid <clears throat> during this, or getting, you know, nominal amounts. And then they're also costing those kids who are in the systems time to develop and grow. So it's a lost year for them as well. So um, I think it'd be a disaster if we don't have a season. Let's finish up with this, Mark. And if we don't have a season, um, what does that
1: do for the Chicago Cubs organization with the guys that are going to be free agents with the core of this team? It's just going to keep costing more and more money. Um, this is, I, I have to assume this is probably the worst thing that could possibly happen to the Cubs because of their, the, the guys who are under contract and the guys who they were looking to build this team around for the long term, it, it puts so many things up in the air right now, I would say. Yeah,
2: you know, honestly, I really felt the window was starting to close in, in 2019 when they didn't finish things off and that this year was going to be a, a season uh, chopped up in, in, in one third in one thirds where you look at the first two months. See what's going on. If things are going well, and you keep the team together for another two months, it takes you into the trade deadline. But um, let's face it, it's, it's a lost year. There's probably some other teams involved in that situation. But you you remember the momentum that was just built up after the 2016 16 World Series that this team was going to be built to contend. I didn't say win, but contend for many World Series titles. And and instead, they've slowly regressed. And this is this uh, work stoppage is the worst thing that could have happened.
1: Mark Gonzalez, our guest here on the seventh inning stretch. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Like we said, this has been uh, some time in the making. We're finally glad you were able to join us. Please come back again. We would love to have you and really appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us here on the Friendly Confines. And hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to talk about baseball next time actually being played on the field. Anytime. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Mark. Our thanks to Mark Gonzalez of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Always great to uh, check in with him. And, of course, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at MDGonzalez. Uh, Don't forget, you can follow me and Chad on Twitter as well. Chad is at CubsConfines. I am at Ryan D. Lieber. Uh, Certainly, we love engaging with everybody who uh, listens to the podcast, and we're always interested in what you have to say and what you think. And uh, yeah, double that, uh, that thank you to Mark uh, love uh,
0: following him and, and seeing the stories that he breaks uh, some great insights from him today. If you want to check us out on Facebook, we are at the Chicago Cubs friendly confines uh, headquarters uh, as Pat Hughes name dropped last week. You have to see the video where he talked about our podcast. He's going to be a guest here in a couple of weeks, uh, but yeah, make sure you follow us there at the, uh,
1: the Chicago Cubs friendly confines search for us on Facebook. Awesome stuff. All right. So, Chad, one of the things that uh, I spoke to Mark about at the end of that interview, as you know, was about the fact that, um, you know, pending the season does happen or doesn't happen for that matter. And then there is a lockout or strike the following year. Um, How detrimental will that be to the Chicago Cubs organization? Because we know the status of Chris Bryant. Uh, We know that the Cubs have decisions to make when it comes to the contracts of Javi Baez or Kyle Schwarber or John Lester, a lot of guys who um, are going to be up for, you know, bigger deals, not so much Lester per se, but, you know, Javi and Brian for sure. Um, and then you got Rizzo obviously lurking as well. Um, what is this team going to look like? And what is this team going to do for the future? Um, you know, it's almost like this couldn't have been a, a worse scenario for this team knowing that there are some definitely some hard decisions that this organization is going to have to make. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I I, just being completely honest here again, maybe it's not a popular take, but the window could very well be closing, unfortunately, for this organization, uh, if not this year, possibly next year. And, um, they might have to kind of, I don't want to say blow it up, but we could see a very different team, um, in the next several years after this lockout occurs with, you know, I think a core of Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez, but what's around them, I think is definitely going to be very different because I didn't even mention Wilson Contreras, another player who could potentially be traded or, you know, let go depending on what his situation is as well. So there's just a lot of things up in the air with this ball club.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 It's bewildering to think that, uh, that a lockout could actually happen next year on the, on the, on the heels of this. Um, it, I I thought it through, like what I, what I like a full season next year, if everything was worked out perfectly. Um, and then this year they, they take a pass again because no sports are real. I mean, NASCAR and golf are not great representations of physical sports, right. That are, that are out there playing. So no real physical sports in America are playing right now. Um, if that happens, if this, this season is shortened and then the next season just doesn't happen. Um, we also have to keep in mind, we don't know what's going to be going on with COVID. We have no idea what those ramifications are, but let's just play it out and say, it's going to be two shortened seasons, no fans, which is a doomsday thought for me to know, n- I cannot I, not gonna be able to ring the field until 2022. Um, that's going to affect baseball, but it's going to make, I think, baseball much more desirable and love when it does come back, when, when this international health crisis ends, but yeah, the window closing, you don't know who's going to be leading this organization in the future. You don't know the choices they're going to make, but I do think, and we've said this before on previous podcasts is your favorite player. There's a small chance, you know, maybe a really good trade chip going forward for some prospects and, 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 and we're not beyond that. The thing that just gives me pause and and kind of bums me out is going back to 15 where, you know, just world beaters, you know, making their way um, into the NLCS against the Mets and shocking everybody and then just just running the table wire to wire in 2016. And then another in NLCS uh, against uh, in, in 2017. I mean, it was such a great run. You thought, well, this is just the new normal now. And now to think that it's just going to peter out this way is is, is pretty disappointing Um I just want to see baseball, and I'm also very aware that there's a really good chance that that lineup that you just ran through—that's probably a $500 million payroll um, once everybody gets paid like they should—and I doubt the Cubs are going to do that unless some crazy TV money digital rights uh, deal comes through, especially with how everybody's crying for. Uh,
1: if I had to handicap it right now, Chad, um, and again, you know, let's just look at the 2022 season. So let's say there is a lockout, or you know, things are. Uh, you know, not going well for a new deal. Um, you know, Rizzo is a free agent in 2022. Uh, obviously, we know Chris Bryant's situation in 2022. Javi is also a free agent in 2022. Kyle Schwarber is a free agent in 2022. Wilson Contreras is up for arbitration, so he would still be with the team um, as well as Albert Elmora. But you look at the core guys that we talk about and yeah. on this team, I truly believe the ones who would still be on this team. Javi is the one guy who I absolutely know the Cubs are going to hang on to. And I think Rizzo would be the other one. Other than that, I can't sit here and tell you with any certainty yeah. that any of the other players I named, let alone the ones who are still going to be under contract, are going to be a part of this organization.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's why guys like Ed Howard matter guys that we didn't even know existed some people in chicago i guarantee you woke up and said who's this guy on the south side and then they hear they remember the story from the little league world series that's why the draft matters that's why free agency matters that's why um, you know you know i'll tell you what's going to be really interesting because normally it's a multi-round it's dozens and dozens of rounds for a draft it was just five this year the cubs front office the the cub scouting they are going to make or break the future of this team there are going to be some unsigned undrafted free agents that they're picking up right now that you've never heard of they're going to have a starring role in that next great cubs team
1: yeah very true so let's move on to the ninth inning and uh someone who uh we can certainly say is a legendary cub uh Legend. swing in billy williams celebrating His 82nd birthday earlier this week, Uh, great to see that Billy is uh, still going strong and, uh, you know, still such a major part of this organization. Um, You know, I mean, listen, when you think of the great Cub players, I mean, it's it's Ernie, it's Ferguson Jenkins. Billy Williams is right up there. Um, So it's great to see that uh, another year goes by that Billy can celebrate a great birthday. He was such an wonderful ambassador not just for the cubs but for major league baseball uh in the hall of fame and uh just continued good health as uh we you know try to deal with everything going on around us uh for billy williams as he uh you know tries to uh i'm sure like everybody else navigate the new normal that is uh happening in uh in everything that we do yeah
0: you know when 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 ernie passed uh Billy took the title. He took the uh took the mantle of the, the greatest living, you know, uh, a Cubs legend. And uh and we hope he's with us for a very long time. You know, Billy Williams was a, a generation that you and I um, only only knew about from press clippings and from old video packages and, and stories of Cubs lore, or in my case, hearing from my uncles, you know, talking about some of those great teams that, that just, just never were. So, um, you know, between him and, and Ernie and, and, and Fergie um, there's, there's a great foundation of those former players and, uh, and as they get older, it's then, then the shift looks, you know, then you start looking at the greats of the, you know, of the, of the eighties and, uh, and it shifts, but well, we hope Billy's with us for a long time. Um. Uh, uh, friendly confines. Happy birthday wishes to to the 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 great great Billy Williams.
1: Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. Of course, we always appreciate it. Once again, our thanks to Mark Gonzalez of the Chicago Tribune, and we hope the next time we are bringing you another episode of this podcast, it is so we can tell you that baseball is finally here and we can finally watch. Games instead of just talk about if they will be playing. So for Chad, I am Ryan. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one.
0: And we will see you at the ballpark one day. (laughs) Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're afield. The first
1: time you walk into Wrigley.